It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. That person you just saw do that mad dash right there is my co-host, my partner, my A1, and my ATL Day One, Tanitra Batiste. How are you, ma'am? Running from one job to another, but I'm good. <laughs> no doubt about it. We are, and we are running to you here on a Tuesday. We got some good stuff on board for you. We got the our picks. For the second round pick for the Atlanta Falcons, we'll be picking that. We will let you know who we are going to take on the ATL Day 1 mock draft here as we take you all the way up to April 28th. It's going down. Yesterday, we um we talked about Jermaine Johnson. and all this, That's my favorite pick. And I, I got a good one for you today, T. I'm super excited. And also, we're going to do a deep dive into the Hawks versus Heat tonight in Miami. Hopefully they can bounce back. We'll talk about how they possibly could bounce back um, tonight in Miami. And last but not least, and for the culture, (laughs) yeah, man. Yeah. Pittsburgh Marlers, USFL. We'll just leave it at that. But before we get to all that, we want to definitely thank you for, you know, liking and subscribing to our, our YouTube channel. We ask that you continue to do so. And also, check us out on audio platforms. Wherever you download your podcast, that's where we can be found. And we um, definitely, and also, don't forget, make sure you leave us a comment and give us a good review. Leave us a, leave us a five-star review. You know, I like five stars. You know, I might not like five-star recruiting uh, conversations, but I like five-star reviews. <laughs> so, yeah, but T, you know, I, there is a, like I said, mentioned before, um, we we did started off our, with the number eight overall pick yesterday. Mm-hmm. I know you talked about how what you didn't want it to be, and I, I definitely understand that with no offensive players. Right. <laughs> but, unless it's uh, the O line, unless it's O line, unless it's unless you're building that foundation, we believe in foundations on this yeah. show. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. And I think that when you think about this second round pick, there are I think for me, I think I have a little leniency, and you'll mm. see what my what my pick is when it comes to picking someone on the offensive side of the football. But mm. I want to start with you. Come on with it. What you got for me at number 43? Now, at 43, I'm a little more liberal. I'm a little more liberal in giving some sway on offense, but still looking for defensive players, especially if something goes awry at that number eight pick. So I have two guys on the defensive side of the ball and one who is kind of my honorable mention on offense. So I want to make sure I get these names right as well, because in my head I kept saying, one name and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not his name. That's not his name. So right. I'm intrigued. I'm going to go with intrigued. Okay. By the edge out of USC, Drake Jackson. Okay. I, I, yeah. I'm intrigued by him because okay. I feel like, you know, there's a consistency there. Right. And when we talk about the fact that nobody was in double digit sacks last year for the Falcons, 
and you look at what he was able to do. Nowhere close. That, <laughs> right. Not even exactly, not even in the conversation. It seems like he really would be somebody who could give them some instant support and some instant help, especially in that area of affecting and really affecting the quarterback, right? So that's right. one of them. That's one okay. of them for me. Now, I know yesterday I was talking about this in terms of seeing even a lot of people saying, hey, let's go with a safety for the first round. Did not want to do that because I thought the secondary was okay, especially at corner. However, if you happen to have a safety that's available, like Jaquan Brisker, might be okay with that. Might be okay, okay. With, with that. And the reason I say that is because when I look at the corners, obviously with A.J. Terrell, um, and with Casey Hayward, I'm a little more confident in their ability to give the Falcons something. Guys, yeah, Oliver back for a year exactly. as well. Exactly, so, right. And yeah. even it makes sense. On a, yeah, exactly. So when you look at Isaiah Oliver, you know, you feel a little bit more confident. But then the only thing that gave me a little bit of pause there is, of course, the fact that we still have a second rounder for the Falcons at safety from last year. And we're still waiting to see what Richie Grant is going to be. Yes. So that's the only thing that gave yes, me just Lord. a little bit of pause. <laughs> right. And and yeah. even Avery Williams. And, right. And Avery Williams, of course, did more on special teams, but still we want to see what he can bring to the table. So that's why I said he's kind of my second person. Now, I know I said three people, but I'm gonna say this because you never know where this person's gonna land. If okay, you know, I, I love to get names right, but if I get this one wrong, don't kill me. If okay. Arnold Ebikiti from Penn State Penn happens State? Yeah. to be uh, available, okay. you know, I kind of want to wait to see if he's available third round, but depends on which boards you look at. Some boards have him going up in the second round and some boards have him going late in the second round. Still like him because you and I talked about this before as well. With Dean Pease, yes, the base is a 3-4, but on the yeah. same token, he'll employ whatever he needs to employ based on what the offense is giving him along with right. his personnel. We know right. that. So that's why I like him because he can line up in a two or three or four and be effective. And here's my honorable mention. And this is the only honorable mention on day two that you're going to get from me on offense. And that is if they were to go with a QB and if Desmond Ritter happened to be available, I would be okay somewhat with that. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, yeah, you gave me you gave me a lot. So I, I really I like Ebicati. And but there's a there's a guy that I, I really, really like, but you may be able to get him later on in the rounds. And he mm -hmm. played and he was um Ebicati's uh um teammate as well. Mm -hmm. His name is Jesse Lukita. Yes. He's a, he's, he's a he's a dog. You know, yeah. that's, that's that's the that's the mentality I like and I and I like to draft as such when I'm playing mm -hmm. with putting on my GM hat. But I think, you know, you make a good point with the whole Drake Jackson piece, right? Because there's a there's a lot of value in, in the edge on the edge on the edge um, in this draft. Mm -hmm. I think all the way up to the maybe third or fourth rounds, I think you're going to yeah. be able to get some good value um, for guys that who can touch the quarterback. And Lord knows mm -hmm. the Falcons leap as many as those guys can. They can get that's for oh, sure. Yeah. Now, for sure. Now. OK. So you know how we were all anti-offense in the first round, right? right. Super, super anti. Like yeah. actually, my hell no pick was Chris or uh, Garrett Wilson. I'm sorry, uh, Garrett right. Wilson for the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So and I agreed. Yes. So my hell yeah pick mm -hmm. for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. If the Falcons draft this dude, I will be pretty doggone excited. Okay. And that's wide receiver mm -hmm. 
George Pickens out of UGA, yeah. Athens, Georgia. Go yeah. ahead and walk it up to the podium. If he's sitting right there, mm-hmm. go ahead and take him. Because And here's yeah. why. Here's why I say take him. Because if this guy doesn't get injured, mm-hmm. he's a first-round pick. Yes, because so when right. you think about the the type of playmaking ability that he has, mm-hmm. the super aggressiveness, now he has he has some temper issues, and specifically in the Georgia Tech game, and you know, temperature can get get a little hot there in a, in that matchup, you know. So, and I I think that you know, but what he brings to the field is the explosiveness, yes. the, the aggressiveness, and, yeah. and that won't having that want to. Notice mm-hmm. the theme here in the guys that I'm picking. They got that want to. They got a little dog in them. So I, I, that's, those are the type of guys that I would like to have. But, yeah, I'm definitely going with George Pickens. Mm-hmm. If he's sitting there available at 43, yes. I am going to go run to the podium and, and give that card to uh, Roger Goodell saying, hey, man, go ahead and uh, mention that for you, boy. I appreciate yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And I and do I'd have be okay one. I'd be okay yes, with yes. that as your hell yeah, with Drake is my <laughs> hell yeah. You know, that I, I'm, I'm good with that one. That wide receiver at that point in – draft there's a lot of talent in the wide receiver position for sure all right like last night t freddie freeman is in la welcomes the atlanta braves back to whatever stadium it is out there in la and 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 he and he he had a very he had the welcome committee out right because you know um he hit a home run in his first at bat and you know against uscar noah and that was his actually his first home run as a Dodger, yes. in a Dodger uniform. And I think that, you know, I think Freddie did did exactly what he wanted to do by mm-hmm. welcoming the Braves out to L.A. last night. Oh, no question, no question. And when you think about the crazy of it, that he is the first former NL MVP to go in his first at bat and hit a home run against his former team, like that's mind-blowing. That's, you, you can't even draw that up in a Hollywood script if you try. So, yeah, right. what Freddie Freeman was able to do last night, it was just a cool thing. Heck, the Dodgers would have been happy if he would have gotten a single or a triple because right. he got a double last week and they gave him a standing ovation. So, but He's a double machine, though. That, that's, right. that's his thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Freddie Freeman being as deep in the order as he is, and when you look at the depth of what the Dodgers are, who they are, and what they were able to do – with getting seven runs and they, they, they're run producing. And that's something I wanted to hit on as well. The fact that when you look at what the Braves do, and of course it was a seven to four loss last night, and it looked almost similar to what you see all the time, solo Mm -hmm. shots from them, not a lot of runners getting on base and, and not a lot of runners getting advanced. That's a problem when you literally have scored like 15 runs and 14 of them have been on solo shots. Right. That's a that's a challenge. So what Freddie Freeman was able to do just to tee it off in that first inning was impressive for those of us who watched him for 12 years as a Brave. But what was more impressive was what the rest of that roster was able to do in terms of showing you what your chief competitor is going to be about, because that's probably who you're going to see once again in the NLCS. So the bats for... The Braves, they just have to wake up. We, we can't have situations where, I think I saw a stat, I uh, just want to get this right, but literally Eddie Rosario in the seven hole, point, 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 zero, six, five. Dansby Swanson in the ninth, point, one, four, three. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. Again, 
I know we're early in the season, but we are talking about some of the concerns that we saw last night that are becoming a little bit more consistent than we want them to be, even at this early stage of the season. No doubt about it. And then to add to that, all the Swanson went over last night. Adam Duvall yes. went over last night. Marcelo Zuna went over last night. And that's your cleanup hitter. Yes. The cleanup hitter can't go over. That's that just can't happen. I'm I'm yeah. sorry. I don't care who's on the mound. That just cannot happen. And you think that when you you think about the issues that the Braves have been having early on in this season, and I mm-hmm. I'll repeat that early on in the season, yeah, is it just it's, you're at a space where it just doesn't make any sense yeah. right now, given who they have in their lineup and what those guys did last year right. and what you know those guys are capable of. We're not, you know, we're not asking them to, you know, go six for six and hit three home runs right. every night. We're no. just asking them to be consistent, consistent. Like, they, like they've shown us before. Like we're yeah. asking them to do what they've shown us to do. And, of course, the Braves take the L last night, seven to four, like you mentioned. And – you know, Max Free and Walker Bueller will be on the mound tonight. So hopefully, Max Free has a better, has a good showing, and Walker Bueller doesn't do what Walker Bueller no, normally does, and yeah. that is dominate. Right. <laughs> yeah, because we know <laughs> we know what. Yeah, we know exactly what he could do, and we know what he could do against the Braves. And hopefully, Max Free will have a, a good bounce back game after giving up three runs in five innings in his last outing. But I'm sure he'll have a better one than what we saw from Wuskari Noah last night, who, if you want to talk about Walker and Walkering and walking, he might be walking his way right out of the fifth person, out of, out of the sixth person on that rotation. That might be a nine, a five-person rotation, and he might be walking his way back to AAA if he keeps this up. And, by the way, good luck tonight, Ronald Acuna Jr., in your debut in your rehab assignment with AAA. Out there in Gwinnett, for the Gwinnett Stripers, we appreciate yeah. you. And, and one thing that I thought that you you brought up was very interesting. You talk about bouncing back. We're hoping that the Hawks are going to bounce back. Are they going to bounce back? And we're going to start with Trey Young because we all know that's where it all starts. Right here on ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and T. We'll be right back. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra. This is Jarvis, and we are glad that you are joining us once again today, whether you are checking us out on one of the various audio platforms that we are on, or you're checking us out on YouTube. And of course, if you are, definitely like us, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to everybody on the Locked On Sports Podcast Network here in Atlanta. We appreciate you guys also giving us comments. We actually read those and we love interacting with you guys. So stick with us. Thank you for sticking with us from day one and continue sticking with us. Just like we hope that you stick with the Hawks despite what you saw in game yes. one on Sunday. We know it was Please not what anyone was looking for out of game one. I'm sure everybody thought it was going to be an uphill battle. Don't get me wrong. Coming off of such a dramatic comeback turnaround from that playing tournament second half against the Cavs, but not the letdown we saw then. However, one game, it's a long series, and you do hope that they bounce back tonight. But a couple things that we want to see in that bounce back tonight or what we're going to need to see in order for them to get the dub, and we know that that starts Jarvis with Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young is the guy. And like like we talked about yesterday on the show, just as far as the Miami Heat had a really good game plan for, mm-hmm. you know, how to attack Trey, right? Yes. You know, with tight defense, try to get get in his face, frustrate him, you know, get him to take some of those ill-advised shots that, you know, a lot of people that, you know, 
criticize him for. You know, mm -hmm. they criticize him for taking those ill-advised shots, but a lot of times you have to kind of shut up because he makes them, you know, yeah. some, a good number of those mm -hmm. times, almost 38, 39% of the time. So those yes. are one of the things that you have to kind of take a look at when mm -hmm. talk, coming into this game is right. what type of adjustments that Nate McMillan is going to make. And that's one of the things that I said that they will do. I, I believe mm -hmm. that Nate and Trey are going to sit down and say, hey, here's how we're going to attack this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that if Trey can get off to a better start, because for the last three games, yeah. he has gotten off to slow starts. Mm -hmm. But in those mm -hmm. first two against the Hornets and the Cavaliers, the thing about it is those teams weren't as good as the Heat. And yeah. they were able to kind of hold off until he, he Trey was able to bounce back. So mm -hmm. I, I think that if Trey gets off to a better start, he implements some of those things that, you know, combat some of those things that the Heat were throwing at him as far mm -hmm. as with the trap and, and playing that aggressive defense. And I think right. some – Maybe even pump faking and bringing mm -hmm. that back into the, the the fold because those guys are really aggressive yeah. you know, in their closeouts um, to the three-point line. So I think if they can do that, mm -hmm. I think Trey would definitely have a better game this, this, yeah. um, this time around. And I think where some of the pressure can be taken off of him, especially because his is an outside game and we'll look to see Bogdan Bogdanovich have a bounce back game because I don't expect them to be one for 11 from three. And I don't yes. expect them to be one from 20 overall period between the two of them. So definitely that'll take some pressure off of him if he knows he can dish out and then somebody can deliver because we do believe and hope that Nate McMillan and Trey have gone back to the lab and figured right. out how to beat the trap and beat the full court press like they've done all season. I mean, this isn't anything that he hasn't seen before. It's just that the heat are adept at keeping it going for 48 minutes. Right. And in the yes. case of, Sunday, 36 minutes. Now, the other piece there that I think is going to be so critical is to take the pressure off Trey Young and your backcourt by getting what you need from your front court. One thing about the Hawks' front court, they've actually done very well against the Heat in all of the regular season games so far this season. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see them get back to doing that. Now, granted, Jarvis, we know they don't have their critical piece, Clint Capella, although right. got right. back into some physical workouts on yesterday. Um, and Travis Schling talked about that, uh, and, and we've seen video as well of him getting back into some physical things. So maybe that's encouraging. Maybe he'll have a bounce back similar to what we saw with Giannis Antetokounmpo in uh, last postseason with that same injury, right? But right. we don't know if and when that's going to happen, so you work with what you have. So that, that was one of the things I wanted to drill down on today, kind of walking through as many of the bigs as time will permit in terms of what we want to see from them and even Jarvis some possibilities for Nate to do some adjustments in that lineup. So let's start with the obvious, which would be John Collins. You brought him back to the lineup sooner rather than later because you knew you needed him to jumpstart you really more defensively. And I think we called it out even yesterday with offensive rebounds. That's a place where, where we're lacking to keep mm -hmm. the heat from second chance points. But you're all, you're all even going to need some more offense from him as well like 10 points and some of those points let's be honest were late in the game garbage points garbage. Go. trash yep. points yeah so yep. we're going to need some of that imposing of the will in some way shape or form early on when you get those easy buckets and we know his hand is hurting him a little bit or you know fingers still bothering him a little bit but listen it's the playoffs everybody's in pain right now you got to tough this thing out and you got to make the heat feel you inside 
Gotta suck it up, Buttercup. And, and that's basically what it boils down to because mm-hmm. if you're going to go out there, there's no excuses. I mean, because, like you said, you're professional. And when you think about, you know, what John Collins can bring to the table, mm-hmm. that he brings some good things to the table. Yes. And and the thing about him, I think the thing that, that really stands out to me as far as him as a player, mm-hmm. I think that you don't have to call plays for him in order for him to get buckets. Yeah. And, and I think that – that's kind of the the identity crisis that I believe that he's kind of had as a player, mm-hmm. you know, as he's gone, grown and, and become right. more of, you know, a veteran and everything and start mm-hmm. and being more, a little bit more vocal. So I think for him, he has to be able to crash those boards. Like he yes. has to, I'm talking about, and I'm talking about 10 to 12. Like I Easy. need at least 10 to 12 from John tonight. Like there's no excuse as, as to why he can't get mm-hmm. that. Because like I said, Miami, if we're going to point out a weakness. Yes. That up front, that might be the might be the weakness because Bam mm-hmm. is such a super freaky athlete. He can kind of yeah. kind of move around mm-hmm. as if he's a, a wing a wing guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's just built like that. That's kind of what he does. So I think that John has to crash those boards tonight. He has to get at least ten to twelve, yeah. and and like you said, and figure out how to get put the ball in the hoop because, like I said, it, he doesn't need plays call for him in order for him right. to put points on the board and that's and that's just that just that's because he's so athletic mm-hmm. and he can work the pick and roll and I yeah. think I want to see some pick and roll with him as well and I think that'll yeah. help the Hawks offensively kind of get some things going moving yeah and some of those easy buckets that he missed at the end of the pick and roll or you know not really capitalizing and I say capitalizing because that's bread and butter for our bigs is right. capitalizing on that alley-oop if you will so just missing some of the things that have become kind of his signature with Trey hopefully coming back in the second game and getting back in that rhythm will see him be more effective and the interesting thing will be for me Jarvis does he play at the five or the four because mm-hmm. if he plays at the five that could be intriguing that could be an interesting matchup maybe even potentially a better matchup against Bam Adebayo versus, say, what we're seeing out of Onyeka Okongwu. But speaking of Onyeka Okongwu, should he get the start at center again, we know we've got to get more than seven rebounds. That's not going to cut it. We need double-digit rebounds from him as well. He played a bit of a cleaner game, so he wasn't in, I'll be nice and say, as much foul trouble early as we normally have seen from him. Yes, yes. So if he can at least, that's the one area where he, he was effective is just playing a cleaner game of defending. So if we can see what we saw in the first game from him, couple that with more rebounding, like you said, more crashing of the boards and really just kind of banging inside and at least making the heat, keeping him honest. Right. And giving yeah. us a little bit more, even on offense, that would be good to see from double O as well. Yeah, I think, like I said, the bids are going to be key in tonight's game. Like I said, we're on Yucca Kongu. And if you're going to put John JC at the five, mm-hmm. put DeAndre at the four. You, you know, could. and that can be something you know, that you can kind of play around with the small ball lineup and kind mm-hmm. of run. I think if they get out and run a little bit, mm-hmm. I think that might be might to be to their advantage as well. So I think yeah. that, you know, the Hawks have a, a really good chance tonight of trying to bounce back, like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll see Nate make those necessary adjustments and the Hawks have an opportunity. Because yeah. if they don't win, I'm not too concerned. Right. But if they do get a win, like that's exactly what that's all you ask, right? You know, that'll kind of wipe away the bad performance in game one mm-hmm. because all you ask is just get one on the road yes. because they said the series doesn't start until somebody wins on the road. So there you yeah. go. 
Yeah, and and that's so true. And it takes less, it takes the pressure off of you from having to come home and win both games because what you don't want to do is go down 3-1, go back to Miami for game five and have them have the opportunity to close out on you. Now, one big that really did still shine and we want to see him shine again, whether he stays in at in the starting lineup coming from the four or whether we see him uh, coming off the bench and he probably come off the bench very early, but that's Danilo Gallinari. He is the one guy, maybe second to Trey, of course, but he's the one guy who's given us the most consistency Mm -hmm. uh, other than our our CC being out. But Gallo has given us consistency, not just in the postseason, but really if you look at that last month of play, whether he was in the starting lineup or coming back from uh, or coming off the bench, if you will. So he's somebody that I want to see just continue. And even if it's just a little uptick, right? Uh, from 17 points and five rebounds, a couple more rebounds if we can get that from him. And maybe if he can get the Hawks started, um, get them going from the three-point line, I think that'll be something that could jumpstart them as well. But once again, too, one thing we have not mentioned, and I know we got to wrap up, but second unit, bench mob, just show up a little bit. And that could also go a long way, too. Just just a little bit. Yeah. Starting with Bo. Starting with Bo. Bogdan. You got to get the party started. Yeah. If (laughs) Bogey gets the party started, it's a party. It's a party. So when we come back, apparently somebody's party got rained on. Somebody's parade got rained on this past weekend in the USFL. And it is a head scratcher for Jay mm-hmm. and me. So we're going to talk to you guys about it when we get back on the other side. It is ATL Day Ones. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. And we are here. We are back. And we are going through our For the Culture segment, where we just talk about things that kind of just affect us, whether it be pop culture, African-American culture, or whatever. Like, it can be dishwashable toilet seats. You know, we might talk about that <laughs> for the culture. And uh, also, and uh, as we get going here, we ask, I want to ask that you follow me on Twitter, at JarvisD90. You can follow Tanitra, at Tanitra Batiste. I'll do that. And make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Locked On Sports Atlanta has a big old lineup just for you including us, and A to Z with Mark Zeno, and Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. So go ahead and check us out over there, and also on all audio platforms, wherever you download your podcast, you can get us there as well. T, the man, Pittsburgh Maulers, right? Their head coach is Kirby Wilson. So Devion Smith had kind of got into, I guess, a little spat with a cafeteria worker because he walked in, they were only serving um, chicken salad, and he mm-hmm. said he doesn't eat chicken salad, which is okay. That's fine. And then he saw somebody walk in with some pizza. So he was just like, you know what? Hey, I like to have a slice of pizza. I don't want a box. I just want a slice. Right. So he asked the worker for a slice of pizza, and they said, no. Like, you can get chicken salad. Do you have a problem with that? And he's like, actually, I do. And that was kind of the end of it, right? No big right. deal, right? You know, maybe a conversation to be had. But uh, head coach Kirby Wilson um, decided that uh, this was cut-worthy. And I just thought it was just so interesting that (laughs) in the video of them, and it was actually was on a reality show, and the the video of him getting cut got released onto the Internet, and, you know, it started going crazy. And this man was talking about something. In line 46, it states that you you should not disrespect any USFL player and blah, 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 blah. I was just like, man, is it really that serious? And you got this man all out here bad on on a TV show being cut for some 
for not wanting to eat some chicken salad. Is that is that is that what we are in today's society? Like we want to make an example that bad, lead yeah. that you know the young man get cut behind that instead of just having a conversation about it. Like, come yeah. on, to you is that what, is that where we are? That is where we are with so many. But honestly, man. the other piece of that is if you wanted to cut him, just cut him. I mean, for real, don't yeah. like don't don't hide behind the chicken salad dust up or pizza denial. Just tell him he's not making it. He's not making the cut. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just cut him and keep it moving. <laughs> but I feel like, and when you listen to the audio or or you you see the video, I mean, it just feels like very over the top. And it just feels almost like, okay, are we in high school? Are we in college? Because these are not, it's not like, oh, he went out into a public forum and beat somebody down or, you know, you got caught with an illegal substance in your system or anything like that. I mean, we're we're not talking about anything egregious enough to stop this dude from getting checks because that's basically just cutting his livelihood over some foolishness, so you say. But I'm really gonna keep paying attention to the other, what we hear about this story in the days to come, because I feel like maybe there's an extra layer to this that we don't know about. So one option, like I said, is that you just wanted to cut him and for whatever reason, you just didn't have the gall and the guts to just go straight forward with it. Or maybe he's had some other infractions and this was just the final straw. So I'm going to sit back and listen. If we find out more details, we'll definitely update you guys about what the backstory could be on this. But yeah, for what Jarvis and I know about it right now, oh, it's some tomfoolery. Yeah, it's some tomfoolery. And and the the team has kind of, you know, they're playing their PR. They're trying to clean it up a little bit. And they said that he had three violations within the 24-hour time period. I'm just like... Okay. Did y'all not talk about them in when he got cut? So wouldn't that be when you lay it all out on the line? I mean, cause that's that's what that's what my child expects out of me, right? Like, like daddy, if I did something wrong, like go ahead and lay it all out for me. You know what I mean? Like my six year old don't talk to me like that. I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> like just lay it all on the tables and say, hey, here's what you did. Here's what you did. Here's why. Here's that's why this issue. Why it's an issue. Right. And then my thing about it, like. You know, when Davion Smith, when he tried to explain what actually happened from his perspective, yeah. it was almost like Coach Wilson was just like, all right, well, that don't matter. I was like, no, right. man, right. we're talking yeah. about grown folks. Like, yeah. we ain't talking about, that ain't your son, no. where you can just say, hey, do what I say and don't doggone have no issues. Like, right. man, this is a professional. This is his man livelihood. Like, so if it's an infraction, to, to me, seems like it's very – minimal right and and you're not as a leader as a head coach you're not willing to at least get both sides i mean that's essentially that's the first thing you do and kirby wilson is a you know he's coaching nfl as well he's been a running back coach for the pittsburgh steelers he had literally um just retired a year ago yeah and he's never been a head coach on any level right so to me this seems this kind of t- says why, right? right. <laughs> you know, like, right. like yeah, I don't get, yeah, yeah. You gonna pull a rank like that? Like, come on, man. What are, yeah. what what are you doing? It's like I said, and, and it's like you said. If the guy wasn't just he just wasn't good, just say that. Like, you know, hey, we weren't what what we expected, mm-hmm. and you know, we're gonna we're gonna move on. And you know, we appreciate you. You know, yes, giving all the effort and everything. Thank you for your services and keep it moving, Jack. No, no chicken salad. Come on, man. Like, what are we really doing here? Yeah. Chicken salad. <laughs> chicken salad. <laughs> like, my preference pizza over. I'm like, I don't know anybody who want 
who would choose chicken salad over pizza, right? Like that's not. It that's depends not happen. on who makes that chicken salad, though. Now, yeah. yeah, like a lot of people don't like mayo-based stuff. That's what one yeah. thing I've kind of learned because I know for me, like I love mayonnaise. Like it's just yeah, cringe. Yeah, wow. wow. Yes, yeah, no. that it, that didn't come out right. Can I take that back? No, I'm just gonna keep it on. It's all good. It's no, you <laughs> it. Yeah, I see it. Try I to edit it. it. Yeah, I, I can try know. to edit it. But well, you know, if you well, love mayo. You love mayo. And I like mayonnaise. Yeah. She's a mayo type of person. I don't yes. like it. I like it to be hidden. So eat, whether it's tuna or chicken salad or whatever, I just like it to be. I don't want to taste it. it you don't want it at the forefront. Yes. Not at all. Not at all. But there it. are some chicken that salads where if you mix the proper base of like a uh, the grapes. Yeah, if you mix in your like your purple grapes in there, then you could kind of offset it or you can kind of take that edge off that mayo. But like you said, in most instances in the average cafeteria, if I have chicken salad that I'm tr- trusting you on and I have pizza that I'm trusting you on, hey, I'm trusting the cafeteria lady with pizza too. Just saying. Yeah, I'm rolling with the pizza as well. And we hope you'll roll with us tomorrow when we come back on a hump day Wednesday. We will be talking about hopefully a win by 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 Trey Young and the family and uh, and the others. I don't know. We got we got to come up with a I name. Like is it, it's the other the family. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It does seem it does kind of minimizes their yeah. athletic ability. So right. yeah, we will be back tomorrow on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Tanitra. We appreciate you for checking us out today. Wednesday we'll be back same time, same place. Yes. Don't go anywhere. T, got a benediction for us. Yeah, I just want you guys to know that if you have an infraction as small as what Davion Smith had, Jarvis and I will give you some grace. What we won't have grace for is another blowout tonight. See you tomorrow. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.